You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. I made it to this week. Now you are now you have officially recorded in our studio. I have. Or as Andy calls it, our not studio. Well, to be fair, it's not. It's it literally sh- is. We are inside. We're inside your basement, which also consists of a pool table, TV, and a direct line to upstairs where you can hear stuff coming down. Eventually, though, we're going to have a bar over there so that you guys can have your beverages. So I call this not so much a studio as a podcasting pad. Podcasting pad. Okay. That's fine. Whatever. I'd Plus, you know, so at some point we're going to have a monitor in front of us so that we can do our our guest calls a little more easily for us and the guest. Yeah. We no, can I mean, it's coming together. Video is a little nicer. It's coming together. Yeah, I like it. I like it better. It's a lot more comfortable out here than being in your office. So with a card table shaking around. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. At one point in time, you and Andy were both sitting in lawn chairs. Yeah. I was the only one that had like an office chair. Yeah. Because it was my work chair. Uh, and we were hu- we would huddle around on a card table. Yeah. So it's nice, you know, having at least a bigger table where we can stretch out a little. Put bit. the computer. I can actually like have notes in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know. It's nice. No, no, it's coming nice. together. We're making our way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I hear you're going to get in trouble from your wife. Might have just not if she doesn't find out about this. She doesn't. Find, well, I know she ain't going to listen to this, so I guess we can talk <laughs> about it. You just bought you another gun. Uh, I haven't bought it yet. Actually, I have to talk to the guy tomorrow. Well, I mean, so init- I mean, it was an online deal initially. So here's the deal. I don't know if I've made it known on our show, but I have always, and I mean always, wanted a twenty-two two fifty NAR platform. Yep. But not many people make them. I mean, no, it's, they're kind of far and in between. Yeah, and you know, it, 
you, you got to kind of know what you're doing with a 22-250 in AR platform because they can err, they can have issues. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually for a long time wanted one from a company out of Missouri, Black Rain Ordnance, used to produce, uh, at least I thought they did, maybe I'm wrong, but they used to produce a 22-250. And on their website now, they don't anymore. And it's not like I'm going to beat their door down asking. I just, you know, let it go. Well, long story short, uh, a company out of somewhere out west, I don't remember what state they're in, called Specialized Dynamics, they, they, you know, build custom guns. That's what right. they do. Right. Well, they were doing this trigger giveaway, and I entered in it. And I think you did, too. Yeah. And uh, he did the video for the giveaway, and in the video there were two guns. And at the end of the giveaway, he's like, hey, also got these two guns here. They're both available for one one re- reason or another. Yeah, people backed out. Yeah, whatever happened. And one of the two was a twenty two two fifty in AR. AR platform. And I'm like, Sold. F it. <laughs> Sold. So I impulse, I said, I want it. And usually I'm too slow on those. Yeah, Actually, our, our, my buddy, Brand, our buddy, Brandon Calder, uh, tagged me in it because he knows I've been one one. Right. And he tagged me in it. And I saw it like 20 minutes later, and I figured I was too late. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, eh, whatever. Well, the, the the company messaged me and said, hey, you, it's yours if you want it. I'm like, I do want it. And screw it. Let's just do it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so assuming tomorrow when he calls me that uh, there's a few questions I want to ask him, like does it have a threaded barrel? I don't know any of those things yet. Mm-hmm. I just saw a picture of the gun. Looks badass, by the way. No, it looks good. Uh I am going to be buying a twenty-two two fifty. So now the question is: So now, what's going to be what's going to be the main coyote gun now? I have a feeling that I bought a nice bolt action two twenty-three that's going to sit around a lot. Yeah, you can never have too. But many here's guns. the thing: my two twenty-three, I'm switching down to fifty grain V maxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's cheap to shoot that gun. Right. Compared to, like, my 6 arc, I'm, bu- I'm building. I'm, it's not done yet. Uh, I've still got some parts I'm waiting on. Compared to my 6 arc, it costs over $2 a freaking round to right. shoot that thing. Like 209 is what I think I bought those for. What are 22250s going for? That's a great question. I haven't seen 22250 in the store in a long time. So really? I have, I have no idea. I mean, I... I'm, you're probably gonna have to order online, so then well, you that's automa- usually where I do anyway. You, you automatically add twenty bucks for shipping, which, unless you can find like a yeah. Some um sometimes you can get on there and find uh you know no credit card fee, no shipping, but those are few and far between. Let me get on Ammo Buy because it's also my first twenty two two fifty I've ever owned. Yeah, um, which like I said, uh, I'm pretty freaking stoked about to be honest with you. No, I mean that was my next purchase. Probably more than likely, I, I but I was going to build one in bolt. That was my that's my idea. We'll see what happens. But and I was like never against it. It's just I've all I don't know. It's ever since I saw those Black Rain Ordnance twenty two two fifties years ago, man. I mean, it was it's in the AR ten platform though, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so it's now bigger. Say I mean, that it makes me think, but I know. I will. It's, it normally is. I think you can get it in the AR-15 platform, but I think that's when they have the problems. Whenever you put it, because it's a bigger, bigger round, obviously. Right. 
So I'm thinking it's going to, it looked like it was an AR-10 platform from what I, the short. Yeah, it is. It is. I, it, uh, it is. You know what's weird is I'm on ammobuy.com right now. Uh-huh. I can't even, 22250 is not even listed. Is that a bad thing? I'm sure it's somewhere. Will I have a search, search function, man? I know, I know nobody do that. cares about this, but anyway, uh, doesn't matter now. I mean, either way, you know, you throw it in the safe for a little while, and then you can, uh, you know, break it out whenever you do find some ammo. It's better to ask for forgiveness, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the more guns, the merrier. That's what I always say. I mean, starting, like, doing the show and everything, I find myself wanting more and more. Like, I was listening to a podcast today, uh, the Hornady podcast, and they were talking about the 22 Creedmoor. I want to get one of those. Oh, God, yes. Dude, those are sweet. The Calder only thing, loves his. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is you can't find factory. It, they don't make factory ammo for it because it's such a yeah, wildcat. Yeah, you, you have to. Uh, you have to do it. So, okay, so I'm on ammoseek.com, and I'm just looking at some 22 250. Uh, so here's like some 55 grain VMAX for 20 rounds. It's 36.49. So that's a dollar 82 a round. Yeah. I'm so on, that's almost as expensive as the arc. Yeah. Here's, I'm here's on like 230 gun broker right now and it's 285 around. Shit. There's 50 grains. Well, here's some for a dollar 38. That's 2250 VMAX ammo, ammunition, varmint load. 250 rounds, 55 grain. I think I'd want to go 50 grains on that too, honestly. Is that that's what's uh, it's already mo- running fat? That's what uh, most of them O'Neill running. is running, I think. Right. So you're, I mean, here's like 50 grain, 22, 250 V Max for 40, 235 around. Shit, that's oh well. It is what it is. Only live once. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's talk about today's show. Yeah, we have. Unless uh, you got more more to tell me, you got anything been going on? Uh, we're gonna turkey hunt and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I bought the tags. I bought my mine and my son's I was, tags. Today. I was thinking about that when we were doing the uh, show. I actually need to get on there and buy mine. I haven't bought mine yet, but uh, I mean, it's well known that we're not huge turkey hunters and stuff. But I am excited to get out there and uh, give it a go. I'm, I am. Uh, I am actually kind of excited about it. I'm excited, but I don't have high hopes. I, I mean. I, I don't expect to go out there and kill a bird. I go out, I'm going to try, and if they're not there, they're not there and can't do nothing about it. I don't have a lot of spots that have turkeys, so I'm not yeah. too worried about it. I got the one spot that I've had birds on there before, seen them deer hunting, seen them, you know, on camera quite a bit. So I'm, I'm thinking they're there. If they're not, yeah. that's it, that's fine. I think I'm kind of excited because I wasn't going to go, but then I kind of thought about this place and that, that the guy that I, I coyote hunt there – had mentioned it, and I'm like, I wonder if he'd be okay with me taking Caden, you know. I mean, I'll probably only take Caden. I don't know that I would go on my own right. just for me. But Caden wants to go. You know, Chase wants to go. I guess I would take Chase with me. Um, but, like, I couldn't find any 410 ammo. Right. Or shells. So we're, we're going to be He's gonna have to toting <laughs> the 12. Yeah. And, Put his big uh, boy shoes on shoot and the 12. I'll be using, you know, obviously those shooting sticks again that I got. But – He'll he'll be all right with them. It's just uh, <laughs> it's it's heavy. It's heavy, but uh, why don't, it's not, you, just, why don't you just put your tripod? Take your tripod. Oh, I got that clamp. Yeah, just take a tripod. That ease things up. Shit. Just make sure it gets small enough for he can do it. Yeah, but where would you put it? Because you can't put it on the pump. 
Oh, is yours a pump? Yeah, I'm using a pump. It might fit right underneath the action. Like where you would load the gun. I could take the semi-auto. Either way. I was planning on taking the pump. You might mess around with the tripod just to see if it works. That's a good call. That's a good call. I didn't think of that. Anyway, today's show. Yep. Why don't you tell folks about it? Uh, Today we have on Wayne and Alex. Wayne, yeah. And Wayne Alex, Locke and Alex Rutledge. Rutledge. Which, I mean, Alex Rutledge, he's been in the industry a long time, more than likely. Everybody's heard of him. Yeah, I, you should know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, some of the, back when, you know, we, I never had cable or anything like that growing up, I would always buy hunting videos. And mm-hmm. he was on, Alex was on quite a bit of the DVDs and stuff I used to buy, you know, back when I used to watch hunting porn all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so he's well known and I mean, Huge turkey hunters, both of them, they get out there. and But they have a podcast, American Roots Outdoors. Yeah. So uh, we were actually on their show last year around this time. Uh, we went on theirs. There's kind of a different platform. They do like a radio. It's kind of set up for radio, but it's also a podcast. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And, uh, yeah, so we have them on. I mean, it's kind of uh, just a storytelling type story i mean we don't get into calling too much because you, you guys covered a lot of that last week yeah uh with uh, scott wilper so we yeah didn't. we kind of just want to talk about alex's and wayne's uh different experiences experiences with turkey hunting we talk about some strategy a little bit yeah um some bs you know like our favorite mounts for turkey right um actually uh i didn't I haven't told you this yet but our buddy uh red's custom metalwork mm-hmm. is going to give us one of those freaking missouri fan holders have you i i've shared it on our page Last week, oh yeah, he's, he's giving us one. It's a, it's a yeah, he's gonna freaking. It's a state of Missouri, uh huh. And then there's a turkey. Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember seeing it. It's awesome in the middle of it, and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna make that one of our nice spots on our perfect in our uh, studio. Very cool. Very so, cool. Speaking of giveaways, you guys definitely you need to pay attention to the show because we're gonna we partner with them. They're giving us a giveaway. Who's and, them? American Roots Outdoors. <laughs> Sorry, the ones that are, you know, on the show. On yep. the show, so they actually they're giving away some stuff. Uh, what is it? What they they're going to give away a, a sick, uh, an autographed hat, shirt, and a mouth call. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So pay attention to the show, and we're going to have a question for you at our outro, and uh, you'll need to DM us the, the answer. answer, and then you'll so, be entered. Yep, you'll be entered, and you're ne- going to need to go over and like their stuff as well. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. we should probably yeah go yeah. like uh, American Roots Outdoors. Um, on Instagram. whatever, 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 uh, what do you call it? Platform. Social media platform that you use. Yep. Like and follow them. Yep. And then give us the answer and uh, we'll get you entered. Okay. So. Before we get into today's show, to today's show, I can't say that. Um, we got our sponsors for today, man. Uh, let's talk, let's start with Zamberland. I've been using their boots ever since I got them. I've been wearing them every day for work. Absolutely love them, man. You, you, which one you wearing? Your the, Saltores? Yeah, the Saltores. Or is that? Did I say that right? Salate? Salates? Salates. That's it. Our uh, our Zamberland person's probably gonna be like, it's yeah. not how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> they're big words. But no, I've been using them every day for work. They're perfect for that. And I can already tell you that they're, they're probably going to be my early season type boots. stuff yeah they're not they're not they don't have a high uh whatever they don't Ankle come support yeah, yeah they're, they're low, not, low tops i guess you call them yeah yeah they're a trail shoe i guess you would say but uh been using them every day first day i was like oh you know 
kind of got used to them, but as soon as they broke in, they broke in within 24 hours and by far the most comfortable boot I've ever had personally. So nice. Yeah. I love them. So. Yeah. I've, uh, I have not really worn my mine yet. Um, not the ones I have the exact same thing you have. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really worn those yet. I've been breaking in my hunting boots and, uh, which have been great. So Man, Zamberland stuff is awesome. Uh, Check them out, ZamberlandUSA.com. They, uh, very high quality boot, um, you know, made by hand. Every single one of them made by hand. Yeah, I mean, over they, in Italy. So. They're, they're an Italian boot, and, um, you know, it's been a family-owned uh, boot company from the very beginning. Yeah, when did the they start? Beginning. When did they start? I got a little, started in 1929. So they've been doing it a long time. By Giuseppe Zamberland. Yeah, so they've been doing it a long time. Hence they know the what name. they're doing. Yeah, so. Funny, funny little uh, tidbit. Um, our uh, contact uh, Kate with uh, Zamberland told us about this. So Giuseppe Zamberland and uh, the founder of let me get this right, Vibram Souls. Yeah. Um, High end souls. Yeah, were friends uh-huh. back in Italy, and so Zamberland was the first boot company to use a Vibram sole. And that Vibram does the most with Zamberland than they do with any boot company because they still have that relationship to this day. Yeah, but your $30 one from Walmart is going to be the, uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the the sole of the boot. Oh, the bottom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the bottom, the okay. Vibram sole. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Anyways, all right, check them out, ZamberlandUSA.com. You won't be disappointed. No, you won't. Um, Black Ovis, you uh, use their custom arrow building yet? I built them. I just haven't ordered them. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> check that out. It, it, it's sitting in the in the cart up there. Yeah. So I, dude, I do, I do, I, I, I'm down to like four or six arrows. So I definitely need to get on there and actually yeah, just do. hit purchase. So you know, but we're we're big fans of Black Ovis and Camo Fire. You know, Black Ovis, they're pretty much an online store. You can get all your needs there. You can get your boots, your clothes, your your gear, your sights your arrows all mm-hmm. sorts of different things so go check them out and then camo fire you know it's a flash sale every day they're going to have something different uh i'll look them up real sure quick. there's a lot of turkey stuff on it yeah right now. i would assume right now they got the turkey stuff i mean it, most of the most of the time it is you know seasonal on what they got going on oh, I'm on, oh, so I'm like on right, right now like right, right now, now they got some alps packs yeah and yeah buddies with alps so there's three hours left essentially you get yourself some alps turkey vest some calls some blinds, some chairs. They actually have the Alps Enforcer pack on their website right now. Yep. Uh, which is technically a, a coyote hunting one. It's in the predator hunting section on Alps. Yeah, but, but uh, you can use it as a Oh, yeah, one. yeah. I mean, easily. I mean, it's the same. And that's what's thing. cool about Black Ovis and Camo Fire is uh, they sell a lot of the companies that we are also partnered with. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Oh, by the way, on Alps, or on Alps, on Black Ovis, um, you can use the code MWW10 for 10% off on Black Ovis. There you go. That takes care of, you know, shipping or whatever the case may be. Save you a little bit of money. Speaking of Alps Outdoors. Another one. Uh, another one of our, and man, I'll tell you what. You can, like, compare between Camo Fire and their website, too, because, you know, Alps Outdoors, uh, they really stepped up with us this year, and, and with the codes Woods Water spelled out, um, you get caps. 30% off on their website. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. I'm excited because 
I'm going to be using a blind, so I'm going to be using my new uh, chair that I ordered. Yeah, that you the, got. I, yeah. Forget, I forget the name of it, so forgive me for that, but it's the uh, tripod chair. It's got the backrest. That's it's what they call be, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> it's going to be perfect for sitting in the blind. Yeah. So. And I'm actually going to take my tri-leg stool. Mm-hmm. Well, if I take both boys, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I might actually put the enforcer pack on me. I'll sit on the ground with that. And I'll give both boys the tri leg. I have two tri leg stools now. I might have them sit on those stools in the morning. You want my personal opinion? Use a blind? No. That would be my first <laughs> suggestion. My second would be they need to be on the ground. Because if you. They're kids, man. They're going to yeah, be but moving. It's, the, the grass is going to be wet and stuff in the mornings, is what I'm. I'm so I don't know, have a way to get them. Get a butt pad. Get well, a I tree. I got a couple of those. Yeah. I'm sure I got a butt pad or something you could use too. Yeah. But they, they need to be close to the ground. It's They're going to be moving. They're kids. It happens. Mm-hmm. The less movement, the better. It's true. So Anyway, but, yeah, awesome fan, or awesome uh, supporter of ours, Alps Outdoors. Check them out, alpsoutdoors.com or alpsbrands.com. Yep, woods and water. Save yourself 30%. Uh, Habitat Works. Yep. Get on there. Uh, talk. I got a question for you about Dustin. Okay. Have you called him yet? Nope. So... Literally a month ago, you yeah. said you were going to call him and, and have him come do your stuff. And to be fair, well, it, it's just it's all on me because I don't have any time to actually get out. There. I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't got any time to get out there and do it. So it's just a time thing. So you, you at least got to get the information first. Yeah, Dustin, if you're listening, we're sorry Mike is procrastinating. <sighs> I'm a piece of crap. I knew he would. Yeah, I'm a piece of crap, and I haven't gotten back with you. I do need you to. Come out there, give me some pointers. But uh, I just ain't got the time right now. Dustin is knowledgeable as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing a lot of work right now. Um, so give him a holler, 816-752-7390. Um, check out, you know, if you if you want to just check out his Facebook page and get a hold of him through there, just uh, search Habitat Works on Facebook. Mention us when you get a hold of him, and he'll give you 15% off any of his services. Yep. So he does, like, you know, site evaluations. He'll come out and just tell you what, if what, that's all you want. Yeah. He'll tell you that. He'll also come out and tell you what to do and do the work for you. He can write you up a plan. Anything to do with land management, he can set you up. Timber stand improvement. Yep. Fire, a little late for that at this point. So yeah. Everything's pretty green. But um, he lives up in St. Joe, usually tries to stay around 250 miles from yep. there. But just give him a call. And, uh, you know, wintertime was great. Uh, he'll probably be back on the show here not too long because yeah. we're going to do a spring slash summer habitat management show with him. No, That's our good. plan is to keep kind of doing those with him. Yeah, just kind of seasonally have him on here, you know, get you guys thinking and us thinking about what we should be doing this time of year. So, you know, he, he's a great resource. <laughs> so definitely yeah. get a hold of him if you guys if you guys are like me and need somebody to do the stuff for you, uh, give him a holler. Uh, check him out. And last but not least, Huntworth Gear. Can't say enough good things about them. We've been uh, super blessed to work with them. Uh, I love all their stuff. I, I haven't found a piece of equipment that I use that I dislike. It all has its place, and it's all worked out really good. I mean, it's high-quality stuff for not, not high-quality prices. Yeah, I mean, you're getting really good stuff for a fair price. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's the cheapest thing out there, but it's not the most expensive thing, but it competes with the most expensive stuff out there and you'd be the one to attest for that you've had it does you've had the you know the high-end stuff we yeah. ain't gonna name names but 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, if if we don't work with Huntworth, you know, next year, the year after, which we obviously want to, I will still tell you that I have owned high end stuff. I've owned cheap ass stuff. I'm a gear junkie. Their stuff works just as good as the most expensive stuff you can buy. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying it because they're our partner. It does. Right. That's why. No, because it actually does. It's legit. It really um, is. In fact, my daughter has had track meets this this year, and every time she's had a track meet, it's been cold as shit and windy. Mm-hmm. And guess what I take with me? You're you gonna go mid season with the I wind? take my late season. Oh late. Uh that cold. The uh I don't remember the the Holton, I think it is, jacket with the hood on it. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I just laugh at everybody shivering. <laughs> I don't. I don't wear my pants. I just take the top. Yeah. So I usually put on my base layer and a pair of jeans, and then I put on a hoodie, a base layer hoodie, and then that coat, and Toasty. I sit there and laugh at everybody. Yeah. Because not a single bit of wind gets through to me. I put on the hood if my head gets cold, and I just sit there and watch. Yeah, I use. I'm, I'm a big. You. I'm a big fan of the vest. I'm a vest guy, mm-hmm. and I I use their uh, vest during the winter, and I mean it's just a great piece. Yeah, so check them out, HuntworthGear.com. Use the code MWW15 for 15% off. They do have a 20% going on right now. There you go. So go to their website and save yourself 20. Might as well try to double up. Yeah, you can try it. I don't think you can, Don't might as well try it. Probably won't work, but (laughs) who knows. All right, uh, that's our sponsors for today. Appreciate them. Couldn't do our show without them. Um, Let's get into into our show with Alex Rutledge and Wayne Locke with American Roots Outdoors. And don't forget to listen to the outro to be entered into that giveaway. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Let's get it. Okay, with us tonight, uh, I say this every week, but we're excited to Mm -hmm. talk uh, with Wayne Locke and Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Fellers, what's going on? Not much. How are you doing today? We're doing good, man. Doing good. Doing, doing pretty good. Busy uh, day. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We're recording this on the Thursday before turkey season in Missouri. So, I'm guessing you're doing a little bit of uh, sightseeing, seeing some birdies, some making sure they're around. Yeah, some scouting. Been scouting for the last two, three weeks. Uh, been to Florida. Uh, could have went to Tennessee. We didn't go to Tennessee, but uh, because of bad weather. I'm going to be going to Nebraska and headed to Kansas, possibly Oklahoma, and maybe Arkansas, possibly. Man, you got a full schedule there. Yeah, been busy, man. Been busy. Yeah, uh, but th- this is your jam, right? I mean, I mean, this yeah, this is this is kind of y'all Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it is for sure for me. Uh, this time of year is when I. I that's what I live for. I love to turkey hunt, deer hunt, and smallmouth river fish and lake fish. I'm a competitive fisherman also, so I I just love to share with people. I do. Yeah. I love to share my – I've learned, not that I know it all, but uh, some of my experiences and, and different situations and tactics that work, you know? Yeah. We just got done a live feed a, a few minutes ago on our youth hunt we had in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend, and we took a young boy from the Christian organization, uh, Cross Trail Outdoor Outfitters, and he shot a 25.60 pound long beard with inch spurs and 10 inch beard. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, he's already that's, that's a big bird. He's already had a better career than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh and that's kind of what we're gonna talk about tonight is, you know, all of y'all's different travels and different places you've went, you know, turkey hunting. Uh I was actually talking to a, a buddy, not a buddy really, but uh, uh one of the dads on my son's baseball team that I'm friendly with. And we were talking about turkey hunting and you know turkey hunting for me is not my number one it's you know my number three probably uh but i told him you know if i got a year where i got to take two or three weeks and i got to try to go hunt all different all four of the grand slams it'd be pretty fun and you just have to have the time to get to all those places. right yeah that's the hard part finding the time and nowadays the money to cover the game Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. And that. The Biden administration. I agree with that one. <laughs> so before we get too yeah. far into it, though, uh, I'd like for you guys to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about American Roots Outdoors. Yeah, I see that behind there. Approval. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I get yeah. you. He's gonna be quiet. He's gonna sit back there and tweet today. Yeah. <laughs> he can't do that either, can he? Um. But yeah, let's. Uh, Not yet. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, Elon made a cash offer to Twitter today, trying to buy Twitter. I heard about I that. Saw that. Yeah, everybody on Twitter freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Blake. Tell about yourself. Well, I'm a retired paramedic from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we have uh, eight kids. We fostered nine more we just adopted two more little ones um a five-year-old and a three-year-old that's how old they are now and uh i'm glad to get out of the big city i'm tired of every, now at least if i hear a gunshot i know it's because a deer or turkey fell over not because somebody's getting sh- chased at and shot at so that's a nice change of life uh there's no sirens no no commotion no airplanes i love it out here wouldn't change it for anything um Got my property pretty cheap because I was told that, you know, since it's across the, the road here uh, from Alex, I was able to get it cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that's probably one of the best moves I made was buying property that was actually right across from Alex. And for the simple reason, just like just a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was able to have Alex come over when I put a, a new uh, tractor path through, right through the middle, split my property in half. I got 65 acres here. And uh, we put a food plot in there and that, and I was able to tap into his brain there and, and use his knowledge of, you know, where the best spot is, where should I put the watering hole, things like that. So, but I mean, um, as far as my background, uh, that's pretty much about it. Done, I've done a lot with kids over the last uh, 20 years uh, with the uh, Catch a Drink Foundation. We, me and my wife sponsored uh, 10 children out of that. And I, uh, kids is my big focus obviously if you follow me on facebook you know i'm all about the kids and um alex is the same way he's now you know he his i think as we got older we we changed our our view of things yeah i i think we go through phases uh as a young man i thought i had to kill every big buck that i saw and every gobbler that gobbled and and uh, as the older i get the more i learn it's not just about me it's about our our future in our future, their kids, you know, it's uh, to keep our sport strong. We've got to recruit hunters and and teach the youth about important things such as our faith, 
and our great uh, heritage and our roots, you know, our American roots. And our roots is, you know, starts with God and to the great outdoors. And that's always been a passion of mine. And uh, I just love taking kids, man. I love taking older kids (laughs) that's never shot a turkey. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, big I had a uh, interesting conversation with my two boys tonight. So the two main properties that I deer hunt don't really have turkeys on them. And uh, I've been coyote hunting this spot. And uh, the landowner was real nice and said, you know, if you want to go turkey hunting out here, you just let me know. And I'll give you a, you know, you can, you can do it. You just need to let me know. And I was talking to the, the boys tonight. And my oldest boy is 11. My youngest boy just turned nine. And uh, I said, well, Caden, you want to go Monday? Because uh, they don't have school Monday. So, uh, although I would have taken them out anyway. Right. But uh, so they don't have school Monday. And I'm like, well, you want to go? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then my younger son, Chase, is like, I want to go too. And uh, I thought, well, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> or, you know, this is going to be difficult because I'm not a blind guy. So, I'm like, ah, eh, screw it. You can come too, buddy. You know, you're not going to be hunting, uh, but uh, your brother's going to be the one hunting. But, eh, you can sit behind me or we'll make sure you're good. <laughs> and so I'm going to have two fidgety boys with me in the woods on Monday morning. Trying but, to get it done. Yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll be entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> I tell you, just cut, get yourself some camo netting, cut a hole in it, put it over his head, and he can move his hands as much as he wants because it's under that netting, and it, it, it'll really help him out too, so – that's a good idea. That's a good that's point. Secrets, yeah, that's one of the secrets we did for when we do like when we did filming, and you know we were out all these different places, running and gunning, and that just a netting just makes the world a difference, especially as a cameraman. You know, to be able to move your hands up to the lens and and stuff that you got to do if you're behind that netting and it's draped over you and over the camera, you can get away with a lot of movement. The main thing is when they're close, you can't move at all. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Netting over you. We're talking at great distances, but. Uh, if you do move, you got to move slow and watch the, the turkey and not move while he's looking your direction. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Anytime sure. you can do kids, yeah, it helps. But the blind's the way to go with the child, I'm telling you. Uh, and using decoys to, to keep the focus on the decoys once you get the birds coming, uh, gobbler coming, and they focus on that. As long as you don't call too loud, then they don't focus towards the setup. Yeah, yeah, and I need to get get better with blinds. I just I don't know why. I just don't like them. <laughs> I, I don't know why. And as the boys get older, I'm gonna have to like them more. Um, just because mm-hmm. as you know, kids move, kids fidget. Actually, the older boy is more fidgety than the younger one. And which is funny because if you met the younger one, he's. Yeah going 100 miles an hour 100 percent of the time most of the time but you get him out there in the woods it actually calms him down a little bit yeah he does he sits i mean he he sees stuff before i do when i've taken him out i took him bobcat hunting one time and uh he saw the bobcat before i did and in fact i never he had to explain to me where it was uh and Mm. when i finally saw it the bobcat busted me not him so i mean the, the boy is he's he's got it but uh um so tell us a little bit about American Roots Outdoors. What what uh, what do y'all do? I mean, we know what y'all do, but you know maybe some of our listeners don't. Uh, you're another Missouri-based uh, show as well. Uh, tell us, tell everybody a little bit about it, and then we'll get into some some turkey travels. Well, I think to start, 
where American Roots came from. You got to go back a little further with Alex, and that is all the way back to H.S. Strutt, and I'm going to let Alex take it from there. And Yeah, I, I uh, worked for Hunter Specialties uh, for 25-plus years. I uh, went to work for them in 1986 uh, representing their brand. Uh, I was a competitive turkey car. I won state championships, Missouri state championships, and become a part of that great company. Then I went to work for them full time in like 1989. And uh, from there, I helped them create new products, quality controlled their products, designed their diaphragms, QC'd their diaphragms, uh, done a lot of public appearances, promotions, uh, a lot of product knowledge training with box stores, traveled for the major big box store Walmart for several years with a company called James Key Sports Promotions, then left them with the Hunter Specialties for the time. Uh, if I die tomorrow, and I've told this on every podcast show, every radio show, they ask me, there will be an HS symbol on my body, on my clothing somewhere, because my roots are deep with Hunter Specialties. Always will be, because I felt myself and Eddie Salter and some of the other pros was an intricate part of the success story of Hunter Specialties. At one time, Hunter Specialties uh, pretty much owned most of the real estate in the outdoor industry and salmonation, turkey calls, deer calls, everything. And uh, I decided to leave Hunter Specialties in 2010 uh, because God like woke me up one day. And that's before we had smartphones and <laughs> my daughter was 14 and uh, me being a Christian, the conviction got laid upon me. It's not about me. It's about my family. I went and picked up my calendars, my old fold up calendars, and I counted the lines through my calendar, how many days I was gone in a stack of calendars about this thick. I was gone over half of my daughter's life when she was 14 years old. And I was getting job offers left and right, which I was telling Hunter especially I was getting these job offers. And this job offer came along to work for a company uh, here in locally was going to be a chain of sporting goods stores. And they needed somebody to help them market this chain of stores. And they wanted to create a chain of them all across the Midwest. So I left Hunter especially in 2010 and helped them the first year with this company. And they got into financial problems after 10 months. They had another business and that other business, uh, they made some bad decisions. And so I ended up owning uh, the company Bloodline that I went to work for. The name of the company was Rutten Strut Outfitters. And I bought the company and let two other guys come in as partners. Uh, then we run a bloodline for three or four years into 2015, I believe. Yeah. 15. And we sold it again and worked for, actually worked with three different owners of bloodline. Then I left bloodline because of breach of contract. I don't want to go into all that. Of course. It owned me a lot of money, a lot of money. It almost caused me to, I never lost nothing, but I had to sell stuff that I that I accumulated to keep my bills paid. And then we come home from church one day, and my daughter said, Dad, 
you've got to create a new show. You've got to create a new brand. And it was like two o'clock. We're sitting on the couch and Mallory said, I've got it, Dad. We need to call your new brand Roots. Well, she went to search on the internet and Roots was trademarked. But American Roots Outdoors was not. So we trademarked it and LLC'd it. And here we are. We're now three years into the business and our podcast show, uh, American Roots has been in the top 50 over a dozen times in the outdoor category. Then I air my radio, we air our radio talk show on nine AMFM networks across the Midwest. Then we do our TV shows, which we don't do as many of those as we do our podcast radio uh, on the Hunt Channel and YouTube and our website. So uh, God has truly blessed our brand in three years. We're, we're, we're staying above water. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's due to our faithful followers and our friends. Uh, I don't want to say fans. Fans are for NASCAR drivers and athletes and country singers. We don't believe in fans. We believe in friends. So I agree with that. That's where we're at. Our message is pretty simple. It's faith, family, friends, outdoors, and our constitutional rights. And that's what we're about at American Roots. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, uh, me and Micah were both on your guys' show, you know, about this time last yeah. year. And uh, I envy what you have to do, Wayne, on, you know, the segments on the, the when you're doing, you know, live or whatever you call it when you guys got, because you have to put it on the radio at, the, at that time. Right. And uh, I, don't, I don't think I could do that. Cause I, I, I could. I'd be like, I, I, one more question. Just one more question. Hold on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and we. We've done that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, well, like we had a show. We had a show. Uh, gosh, what was that show? Oh, it was our hundredth episode celebration. Yeah, that damn th- that damn show went two hours and twenty minutes long. And it probably could have went longer if we let it. <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, which there's times where I'm like, yeah, we should have cut that off about half an hour ago. <laughs> but um, hey, it's all right. But when you got a hundred episodes, you're trying to you know recap you know, where you started. I mean, we look at when I, and it was funny because I, I, it took me a while to even get Alex to even do a podcast. He was begging me to I do begging. it. I was, like, I was like, he's like, man, ain't no, and nobody going to listen to something like that. It makes no sense. I said, can we make a living doing it? And he said, Alex, trust me. And he said, let me start the podcast. He said, I'll, I'll get it started and I'll show you how to work. And I put my trust into Wayne. He's one of my best friends friends he lives across the road and uh he's my shadow the reason part of the reason he moved down here was to be my shadow to travel with me and to hunt and film and produce and and uh, we haven't got to do much hunt in the last four years but uh, i'm not being mean about it he's got a lot of irons in the fire and he's building the house and he's adopting kids and um, and of course my heart surgery open heart surgery last year that put a a big hamper on that the doesn't help speed so, things so, up. But he's gonna, we're gonna with, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get him in the turkey woods here this coming next week. week. Be back on it, but the um, you know, you know, as far as like how I got involved with Al, it's it's kind of a, a funny story. I had just joined this uh, thing. It's a, it was a new kind of a new thing. Uh, I think people may be familiar with this it. called Facebook. Oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I was on there scrolling, and I just happened to see, and I'm up in Ohio, up in Cleveland there, and there's a guy that posted a question, says, hey, someone's supposed to help me put a food plot in, 
they canceled on me. Is anybody available to give me a hand today? And I'm thinking, I just retired. So I'm thinking, I got nothing better to do. Why not? I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> and uh, so my wife, she's like, I, told, I called her up. I said, hey, I'm going down to help this guy put a food plot in. He's down in like central Ohio. And she's like, well, make sure you tell me exactly where you're at in case something happens or, you know, you end up, you know, being kidnapped. Yeah, we know where your body's, we know where your body's <laughs> at. Yeah. Look, it's not Craigslist. We should be okay. <laughs> it could have been, it could have been one of those people he punched out on an emergency call. It was, you know. Right. <laughs> so I, I asked the guy when I came down, I said, hey, do you mind if I bring some cameras with me? Because I want to, you know, film you putting the food plot in. And he's like, for what? I said, I just like doing this stuff and showing kids and, when I, you know, when I lecture in that at, at some of these events, I, I like to uh, use the footage. And he didn't tell me that he was already associated with the TV show at the time. And I said, uh, he goes, sure, yeah, bring it down. And so I brought it down, recorded it. He then I showed it to Alex. Alex said, call this guy up and see if he wants to, wants to, you know, hunt yeah, around the United States with me. Be a part of what we're doing. And Lane and I met at a camp in Kansas. And uh, we hit it off, and I seen how hard a worker Wayne was, and uh, I thought, man, this guy, he's a good guy, and he's talented. And I said, how would you like to travel with me? Yes. Well, he traveled with me. Long story short, uh, I didn't own the company. Another guy owned the company that, that we let run the company. Uh, I'm going to be negative here a little. Left on both of us a lot of money. Welcome to the outdoor industry. <laughs> and never did get our money, but uh, we hit it off. We become very good friends, and here we are, living across the road from each other. We talk to each other daily. Oh yeah. And uh, sometimes he wants to choke me, and sometimes I want to choke him. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I have IT problems, I'm on the phone. Wayne, fix my phone. He won't answer his phone sometimes. He ignores me a lot. He <laughs> says he don't, but he does. Yeah. You know, speaking of IT problems, I'm sure you guys see us like robots, just like we're seeing you. Uh, you know, no, the the voices aren't uh, up with the video, but at least the the audio is coming through pretty cleanly. So that's that's what matters most. But right. that's what that I hate the, about. Uh, yeah, that is the disadvantage of living in the middle of nowhere. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. Zoom don't get along with us. Right. You can walk out my back door across from Wayne and I for six, eight miles and never see another house. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah. There's definitely more upsides <laughs> than downsides to living out in the sticks. Yeah, and I, I did find out just how dumb I am uh, moving from the big city to here because, you know, now I have a tractor. Don't know nothing about tractors. He's learning. I'm, I'm building a house. Don't know nothing about building a house. Everything I'm doing is off of YouTube. <laughs> so, well, he 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 came over daughter's uh, breaker box in and hooked up a couple of wires. And hey, I'm trusting if it burns down, I'm, you know. <laughs> we think we know what happened. Okay, so Wayne's always there. Yeah, he's always there, to, and I'm always there to help him. Right, it's vice versa. That's awesome. Got to have those people in this uh, this world. So I learned something on our, our last week's show. Uh, I guess I didn't really pay attention to this. I mean, it makes sense, but I never really read it or cared to really look into it. But uh, there are turkey in 49 of the 50 states. 
mm-hmm. apparently there's no turkey in Alaska, which I guess makes sense now that you say it, but there's no turkey there. I didn't know there's turkey in Hawaii, but apparently there is. How many states, Wayne and uh, Alex, ha- would you say you have hunted turkey in? Without having to count them, I mean, how many you think you've done it in? Together or separate? Well, I mean, ju- yeah, separate or together, whatever. I mean, just all in all, how many you think you've, how many states do you think collectively you've have, hunted in them? Yeah, me, me and Alex have done seven states together. And those are? Uh, we got uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Ohio, um, we didn't do Nebraska. Nebraska. We didn't do we, oh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Now, we've, Nebraska. Done, we've, Kansas. we've done Nebraska, Kansas, Tennessee, yep. and Missouri. And, oh, I'm thinking deer hunting. West Virginia, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we did For hunt. turkey only. We yeah, did. for turkey, just four. Yeah, then deer, we've hunted Ohio, and uh, that's it. No, Kentucky. Yeah, we did hunt Kentucky. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So we've hunted seven states together. Uh, me being in the industry and, and doing it full time, man, I've probably killed turkeys and I can name them. Uh, Pennsylvania, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Nebraska, uh, Ohio, uh, New York, uh, Illinois, Kentucky. I don't know how many, a bunch, but mm-hmm. killed a lot of, in a lot of different states. And uh, when people says a turkey's a turkey, in some sense they are, but in other sense they're not. So different turkeys act different depending on the pressures that's put on them and how many turkeys are in that environment. Yeah. So, I mean, you've hunted all four of the Grand Slammers. And, you got the uh, Slammers. Yes, sir. Okay, so, you know, you got the Rio, the Merriam, Eastern, and the Osceola. Uh, or I heard some people are calling them the Florida bird now or something. Uh, I, yeah, I saw something about that. I don't know. They, I, call, they call it the Florida bird. But uh, <laughs> so especially, you know, when they're in the middle of their, I guess you'd call it, you know, breeding season, uh, what is it that, uh, how do I say this? How how do you like hunting certain bird birds over others? I mean, is there something about a Rio that you enjoy more than an Eastern or a Merriam more than a you know like what 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 floats you like what if you could pick where to go in the middle of the high time, what bird would you like to go after? You know, and and wh- why is it better than maybe a different breed? For me, I'd have to still say it's the eastern. It's the hardest bird to hunt, hands down. I think the eastern is definitely the, for for me, from my experience, the hardest bird. Uh, I got my Osceola, and it, it was a good it was a good hunt and everything, but I wouldn't say it was it, it was definitely not as hard as hunting the eastern. And um, again, most of my turkeys were taken Ohio and Pennsylvania, but uh, the um, timber turkeys, you know, getting a turkey in the woods. Hands down, the hardest uh, timber eastern is the hardest one. Merriam's, I always thought, were the easiest. I mean, you just, I mean, you do two clucks, they come from 400 yards and say, Shoot me, shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the ones I need to go hunt after. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I need. Yeah, Alex has got the Rios. I don't have that yet. I I still need a Rio for a Grand Slam, but uh, Alex and 
What's your which for I, you? My favorite is Easterns. It is, and I think the Easterns over the Osceolas, Marins, Rios, uh, is the toughest. No, no question. Hunting uh, timber turkeys, timber eastern turkeys. No matter what state it's in, and again, we got a reference to the pressures that's put on them and the, the amount of turkeys that's in that area. Uh, I think uh, the, the thing about what I love about turkey hunting is, yeah, I use decoys. I like to use decoys when I'm taking a beginning hunter or a kid or we're filming. Uh, and, and I'm going to share something with y'all. Last year, I'd done something I wanted to challenge myself because when I learned to turkey hunt, there was no decoys. I learned to turkey hunt with a modified shotgun, shooting two and three quarter inch shells, uh, a modified shotgun, and I never had decoys. I had to learn to call turkeys to get them in front of me within 30 yards, 35 yards and less. So I did not carry any decoys with me last spring, and I self-filmed no blinds, no decoys and killed two timber gobblers self-filming oh, all wow. mature long and i thought wow i still got it <laughs> and, you know i did and i thought man i can't wait to show the world this you know nothing against decoys i just wanted to show people it's about calling that turkey decoys make it so much easier to killing turkeys than anything that's been made, in my opinion. Yeah, that's it's definitely changed the industry. We were talking about that just earlier today about how your turkey decoys have come such a long way. And um, for me, the biggest change. I mean, when they, I think you guys are old enough, and I don't know your ages, but I'm assuming you're old enough to to remember the old foam ones you used to get at Walmart for four dollars. You know, you roll them up, feather flex, the feather flex, you stick them in your pocket, and you. You all, the sticks always broke that came with them, so you just found yeah. a stick in the woods and use yeah. that. Yeah. When you undid or you it, lost the sticks. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you undid it, it never folded back out. It was always like in a U shape. <laughs> the heads were always cocked sideways. Your, then you had to take your glue gun and glue it back together right. it come apart. <laughs> and you'd have to stick a stick all the way up into the body and up into the head to keep the head upright. Yeah. So I mean, and then Avian X, I think, is the the company at the time that changed the industry for decoys because they came out with such a realistic decoy and every hunter i ever talked to at the time said man i will i will never spend 150 dollars on a decoy well guess what <laughs> you know everybody owns so at, at one point everybody owned a 150 decoy yeah uh, because people saw that it worked and uh you know now you got of course the uh um you know, Montana, Montana, decoys. Montana decoys, you know, and who would have thought that would have worked? And we just had them on as a guest a couple of weeks ago. And who would have thought the Montana decoy would have worked a flat thing. That's not three dimensional. And, you know, looked at to us as humans look fake as can be. It's like, what, what idiot animal would come to something like that, but then to see him strut up to it and actually bump into it and things like that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the decoys have took it to a different level. It's actually taking the calling skills out of it, in my opinion. Your thoughts? You know, I. it's funny because I always thought a decoy, while it was help, it's helpful, obviously, right? I always thought of it as um, a distraction. Oh, a distraction and like a security blanket, like a, like the, 
if you're good enough at your calling, the bird sees that and goes, ah, it is a real bird. I, I see it. Um, but I never, I, I guess I never equated that decoy with helping me get the bird in, which probably actually does now that you say, I mean, the way you say it, that makes a hundred percent sense because there's a lot of, well, probably- and I'm one of them. There's a lot of not great callers that can probably get a bird in front of them <laughs> that that bird probably wouldn't have come if they were just using calling. Got that right. I promise you, you find an area where turkeys is at. Do not carry a call with you. Go set decoys up out in the field and set and wait. You will have a chance to kill an albert. They'll make their way over there. I love the part of calling the turkey, getting inside the turkey's head, talking to that turkey. There's people that call turkeys and there's people that talk to them. If you'll go to my live feed I've done tonight and watch, I explain to people how I pulled this big gobbler away from two hens and two jakes. They stayed out 90 yards away and the gobbler left the hens and come right to me. Little boy shot it at 29 steps with a 410. Apex turkey loads. The turkey didn't even flutter, didn't flop, just slammed to the ground. <laughs> Done. So calling, uh, if if we did not have decoys, you would see a lot less turkeys being killed, I promise you. I guarantee you I'd have a harder time. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. Uh, one of our buddies is a just a straight-up turkey killer, and he talks to us about that all the time. You know, you have to have a conversation with them. It's it's not about tricking him. I mean, it is, but it's it's about knowing what he is saying back to you when you're talking to him. You know, and he equated it to us when we. It finally kind of clicked for me and you and Andy when he kind of said, "It's no different than when you go elk hunting. You say something to that bull, and he cuts you off. Well, he's obviously fired up." Well, mad or something. It's the same thing with, you know, you start doing, let's say, some hen clucking, and in the middle of a cluck, you get a gobble. Well, he's worked up. And the way he talks about it, he's like, right then and there, I would shut up because he knows you're there and he's worked up. Let him come because the way nature is set up, nature is set up for the hen to come to you. You, the hen comes to the tom. And if... You try to reverse nature right there in that moment and make him come to you. And uh, the way he said it, I'm just like, well, shit, I'd have just kept hammering that call. He gobbles back, I hammer back. He gobbles back, I hammer back for 45 minutes and nothing ever changes because he keeps thinking I'm going to come. Why, why, why ain't this hen coming over here? <laughs> yeah, where he's like, no, if, if, if I know he's fired up and I, I've got him interested – I'll go. I'll go quiet for as long as I need to until he shows up in in my in my range because he will. He will. He will get curious enough, or he's he's not the bird for you. One of the two. And uh, I'm just like, well, shit. No wonder I don't kill turkeys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to hear him gobble well, every time. Here's a good example of what we're trying to do. To it's kind of like your wife calling you to the bedroom. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. My negligee on Victoria's Secrets in here. Or, you know, uh, don't come into the bedroom. I don't even want you here. 
you know. So it's about how you present the calls and talking to him and getting fired up. If you were sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and your wife's in the bedroom hollering, honey, honey, you know, and the sexual she sounded, and the more she got inside your head, you're going to quit eating them Cheetos. You're going to run to that bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most women yeah. just say, hey, you want to get it on? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, I promise you, it don't take much. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's and that's what he would kind of say. He, you know, he is talking about being quiet. And then, you know, then you can reassure him by, like, doing some purrs. And, you know, hey, everything's great over here, big boy. It's sunny. There ain't no coyotes over here. There ain't no anything over here messing with us. It's nice. You know, but you keep hammering a worked-up hen at him, and he might reply – but eventually he's going to say, well, why ain't she, com- why ain't she coming to me? Because that's how it's supposed to work. I'm not the one that's supposed to be going to you. You're supposed to come to me, lady. And, uh, you know, when you listen to, which is why we love doing this show, because we are not expert turkey hunters. No. When you listen to people that are smarter than you and better than you at something, and you can actually feel it click in your head what they're saying to you, then you can then go and use it. And I fully plan on doing that on Monday with my son. I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to be not as zealous with calling. And, uh, you know, he even talked about in the mornings, um, why in the world would you coyote howl when they're getting ready to come down from the roost? Because now they might, they might be, you know, freaked out. Um, so like he says in the mornings, he'll, he might, he might do a hoot owl or a crow, but he never does any coyote calling in the mornings to get them to gobble because they don't want to come down to predators and it you know when he says it to a guy it, it to a guy sense. like me and to me and Micah we're just like oh yeah but when you don't know any better you're just trying to get something to gobble to you and so you just you just do stuff and i, I think that's a good point too and, and you know that's probably one of the everybody has made that mistake starting out because why do you go to the, I mean, why is, why is turkey hunting so addictive to begin with? Because it's the gobble. And if as a young hunter, a new hunter to it, you know, you get that gobble and it gets you fired up just as much as that, that gobbler's fired up. And you want to hear it again and again and again. You just don't know when to stop. Exactly. That's where the maturity starts coming in as you hunt with people who know more than you. Like, you know, when I started hunting with Alex, I learned so much more. It's like, Hey, you need to shut up, you know, just stop calling, call softer, call less. And then just sometimes you just need to shut up and figure out if the gobbler still doesn't come in. Okay. Why, you know, why didn't he come in? Is, was there an obstacle in the way? You know, something as simple as a, a, a small little Creek. And by small, I mean, it literally could be the width of a picnic table and they ain't going to cross it. Mm-hmm. Could it be a barbed wire fence? Maybe that's, that's what their hangup was. Um, one of the tricks that Alex taught me, and I thought I was a decent, you know, I mean, for, for my buddies and that, I, I was I was the one they looked for for the knowledge, which was a huge mistake, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. And when I hunted with Alex, the, one of the things, that, the tricks that he taught me when a turkey would hang up, He'd say, he would tell me, I'm at the camera. He's like, listen, just stay here. I'm going to run about 50 yards behind you, and I'll be back in a second. And he'd run 50 yards, 60 yards behind me. He'd call from there and then bust butt back over right in front of the camera, sit down. And sure enough, three minutes later, here comes that Tom. Because that Tom's thinking, hey, that hen's leaving me. 
oh, wait a minute. <laughs> don't go nowhere, honey. You know, and I'm going to come and get her. So he cut the distance in half by running back 60 yards, calling and then hightailing it back to that tree and sitting down in front of the camera again. Yeah. That was a that that was that was probably one of the big things I learned the first couple times I went out with him. That may I mean, and it makes sense after you experience it or hear it from someone who kind of knows what they're doing, right? I mean, uh, a friend of mine told me a story from this youth weekend where uh, heard a few gobbles in, early in the morning, but they were they were at least four hundred yards away. But he thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow play them here. They, long story short about 15 minutes after daylight he hears something behind the blind and it's a at first he he thought he was hearing things you know sometimes like you think you hear something because you you want to hear it so badly right. and he he hears um a uh he hears drumming you know you know and and he's like did i just hear what i thought i heard and so he peeks he peeks out of the drum or the the blind and there is a Tom, full strutted up, coming through the timber right behind their blind. He never gobbled a single time coming down out of the roost, not a single thing. And he came all the way into that call just as quiet as it can be. Happy, content, you know, making those sounds that, that Toms make. Um, what's it called, drumming? What are they, what's that called? Drumming. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was thinking that, that what it was, but then I was thinking maybe I'm wrong. But And uh, he said it was so close – that you could have stuck a fishing pole out the window and smacked it on the head, walking by their, their blind. And uh, he's like, that's why you, you make your initial sequence or whatever you're going to do and shut up. Because it don't mean they're going to, you know, be all fired up all at once. You know, one Tom could be fired up. That could have been a satellite Tom. Uh, could you have know, been getting his butt beat for a while. He don't, he to... don't want to gobble. <laughs> you know, yeah. he keeps getting his butt kicked. So there's all kinds of different scenarios out there. And, uh, you know, whereas me, probably within the first 15 minutes of a day, I probably already would have called three or four different times. Well, didn't work this time. Let's try it again see if I can get something. And, you know, in the meantime, he's coming from behind and you spook him. Um, so now do you see do you see yourself doing that more with the Easterns because of – are they more elusive maybe than Rio's, Merriam's, and Osceola's, or is it just because of the terrain that you're in? Uh, here's the deal. There's no set rule to how many yelps you've got to give or how many clucks or how many purrs. Mm -hmm. The secret to killing a turkey, convincing a turkey, fooling a turkey, a gobbler, mm -hmm. is to get inside his head. You get him fired up, you get make contact with him, just like a bull elk or a big white tail that you see out there in a, in a food plot. You got to get inside their head. You got to connect with them and create interest. Once you create the interest, you can tell by the way he's gobbling, if he's interested, by the way he cuts you off. You can tell by looking at a buck, by the way you call, if he flares up and blows up, you know, he's showing aggression. So you got to make that initial contact, create the interest, make them want to come. That's when you shut up. But if he's way away, quite a ways out there, 200 yards, 100 yards, you can still call to that turkey, but you got to tone it way down. It's still you, the authenticity and the cadence and excited yelps, but tone it down like a real hymn would. Mm -hmm. Realism, when people say calling has very little to do with turkey hunting, I completely disagree with them. 
Yeah. If you know how to call and talk to a turkey, you're going to be more successful. And that's the things that we like to share. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got a, a, a kind of an acute story that you, you guys will appreciate, especially just talking about what you were just explaining. And the first time I took my daughter out turkey hunting, she was eight years old at the time. And I said, listen, you know, I prepped her for it. I kept saying, hey, you know, it's, com- it's next week. It's coming in three days. It's coming tomorrow, you know, tomorrow morning. And on the way out there, I said, listen, there's two rules. I said, do you remember what those two rules are, you know, going turkey hunting? She's like, yes, dad, I remember. She goes, I'm not allowed to talk. I said, okay, rule number one. Correct. I said, what's rule number two? She goes, I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> I said, right. No circumstances do you talk. I said, when we, when that, when that Tom's coming in, you cannot talk because she will talk your ear off, you know? And, um, had, we were in a blind and I told her, I said, listen, there's this old farm country road coming through here, uh, tractor paths. I said, that's where they're going to come. He's going to come right down there. He has come that way. That's the path they used for the last three years. I know how they work. So sure enough, day breaks, they gobble, you hear him fly down. I start clucking. I hear one goblin and he's coming around right down the tractor path. Just like I said, I tap her on the, the shoulder. She's sitting behind me a little bit. I tap her, wake her back up. She sees it. She's, she's looking so I can see that she sees it and it's coming up and all of a sudden it hangs up like 60 yards away and it's just going back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden here come three hens walking across and takes the time away from me. And I was like, oh, dang it. But at least she got to see one. So I turned to her. I said, what do you think? And she's like, well, why didn't you shoot it? I said, well, hon, I said, listen, I said, I told you it had to get to this certain tree right here before I could shoot it. And she's like, no, why didn't you shoot the other one? (laughs) I said, what other one? She was the one that was right here by this tree to my left because she was able to see out the side window. I said, I looked at her and said, why didn't you tell me it was there? She goes, you told me I couldn't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. (laughs) I came in quiet 20 yards away to my left. I never knew it was there. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's hilarious how literally they take you to, you know, like my boys are the same way. They, they take you so literally that you're like, well, you, you could have said that. Yeah. You know, that would have been okay. (laughs) I meant, don't talk to me about your dolls back at home. Right. That's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've only ever hunted Easterns and, you know, we got, friends and people that go up to nebraska hunt you know chasing merriams they talk about how how fun it is and you know i didn't realize how much bigger a rio is than like an eastern even i mean how how much bigger is a rio alex and well wayne you said you haven't hunted rios yet is that correct how much bigger is a rio than a than an eastern uh really the eastern actually as the overall species gets heavier than the rios does it really okay Rios I've seen that uh, that we've harvested uh, 25 pounds. I've seen some Easterns weigh as much as 30 plus pounds. Wow. But it's been a long time since I've seen a 30 pounder. I've never shot a 30 pounder. Yeah. My jobber was a 26.95 and a 25.69. I killed them both the same day within an hour in Kansas. Uh, back in the early cutting and strutting HS strut days, filming with Pat Reeve with Driven TV. He was my producer and cameraman at that time. And uh, it's right at an inch and three quarter spurs. Mm. And 
you want to see something cool uh, here behind me, I've got another turkey in Eastern that I killed in Kansas. Uh, I'm sorry, Tennessee. Uh, I shot him nine steps. I, he was in a, a cut cornfield, and I called him downhill. They say you can't call turkeys downhill. <laughs> uh, called him out of a cut cornfield. Took me about an hour plus, hour and a half to get it the hen to come. I got the hen. She hen. She walks right by me, and here he comes behind her. And I shot him with a 20 gauge at nine steps. I want to show you these spurs. Check this out. You ready? Yeah. Let's see it. Thank you. Can you see them? Oh yeah, right there, Micah. Yeah. Dear Hold Lord. My hand behind it. That looks oh, like a that look. looks like a Velociraptor uh, tooth, yeah, <laughs> or a claw. <laughs> Big old town. That that is that nuts. Is thick too, dear lord. Yeah, a true limb hanger right there. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely hold the this, turkey this up with that. Our lodge. This is where our guests stay. We'll show you this real quick. This is our lodge. This is where Wayne stayed for. I got to tell a story on Wayne too. Uh, for the first time, he come and hunted with me, whitetail hunting. And we've got a wall heater here. Check our lodge out. Lane, kind of give him a tour here, around here. So, yeah, he's got uh, our nice little kitchenette that I lived in right here. And uh, we got, uh, that's Mallory's, right? That's mine. Oh, that's Alan's Alan's. That's, oh, Mallory's over on the other side. Yeah. And we got, uh, of course, our friend Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are all the different ones he's gotten from different states going all the way around. Of course, that's uh, his daughter's there. This is Mallory's buck here. That's awesome. I feel bad for the listeners because they don't get to see this cool stuff yeah. like we do. Yeah. So this is the magic buck. If you've ever watched any of the cutting and strutting videos, this is the magic 164 buck. I killed over decoys on primetime bucks. I shot him over decoys. He dies on camera. Rowling called him in. Then here's another 160, 157. I shot the rock some other deer some shit big sheds some uh bear skulls some of the bear i've killed in canada there's some of the missouri bucks right here off of my farm that was shot last year here's one my wife killed there's another missouri buck we killed here's a big osceola man they i mean they just they look so different yeah, Osceola. Yeah, it's one of the elk kill, and uh, we got a lot of cool. No prints. Uh, it's pretty cool. There's uh, some cool stuff here. I think you like Wayne. I'll be right there. This yeah. Is, uh, you like music? Oh yeah. You know the Redneck Yacht Club song, Craig Morgan. Oh sure, for sure. All right. That's my parking pass. I was in his music video with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Here's a gift from Matthews. Back when I used to shoot for Matthews, they sent me a gift. Another guy sent me this, a gift of magic, my buck. Here's the state of Missouri. Uh, uh, and I got a proclamation also from Ohio, from Ted Strickland, the governor. Uh, proclamation for the state of Ohio when I went out there and spoke at banquets. And, but Wayne's going to show you some cool stuff over here. I got to tell a story on Wayne real quick. Let's hear it. 
Wayne comes and spins a freak with me. He's filming me, whitetail hunting, and it's cold, okay? And I've got this little wall heater. See this? Yep, yep. Okay. I come into my camp, and I smelt something. I thought, what in the freaking crap? He stunk my cabin up. I said, Wayne, did you burn something? He goes, no. No, I didn't burn nothing. I said, I smell it, but I don't know what it, I, I don't know what it is until Alex turned around. And let me tell you what, I had to step outside because I thought he was going to hit me upside the head. But as a city guy, I'm used to gas furnaces you know, that have vents in a house, not a cabin that you have these propane heaters that go on the wall. And I didn't realize that when it turned on, there's an actual flame there. Well, I looked at that and I thought, well, that just must be like a vent. So I hung my sock, my wet socks there to dry. <laughs> you know, I went to go have lunch. I come back and my socks were on fire. <laughs> that could have that ended bad, yeah. but <laughs> just ended up being a good story. It ended real bad. But, uh, yeah, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, city, city boy here had to learn a little how the country folks live. I learned real quick after that. So I got a question for you boys. Since uh, so for listeners, uh, Wayne and Alex just uh, gave us kind of a tour of the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the cabin, the cabin there, about and showed us different mounts and stuff. And th- yeah, this might be a good question for our listeners, since uh, by the time they listen to this, this will be the second. It'll be the second day of Missouri season. What is a what's your favorite way to do turkey uh, displays? You got a, a a way that you like think it looks the best full bodies blah 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 what do you like the best you want to answer yours first well i would say full body is what i want but unfortunately my three full because i was doing a coffee table that had two jakes and a, a tom that were supposed to be full body and his uh unfortunately his uh, freezer broke oh. <laughs> i lost all three of my birds including my birthday bird uh which i shot on my birthday is my biggest one is 28 pounds and um Unfortunately, I lost that. Did you get like? Did you get but, the fans back or anything on them, or did it all get? No, just completely rotted out. He had no idea that the freezer was broke oh, and everything. Yeah, so I bet. I mean, it, it happens. Unfortunately, it happened to three of them. So he said he learned his lesson. Never going to keep the same person's birds all. You know, who has multiple birds all in the same freezer? Which, unfortunately, it was a lesson learned from you know my birds. But right. Um, I would love to get a full strut. I mean, I look at the full struts that he has here, and I, I think they're absolutely gorgeous. My All I have right now are just the uh, where you skin the back and then have the fan. Mm-hmm. That, that's how all mine are. Um, yeah. I, I like the full-body mounts. I've only got one full-body mount, but I, I like to cut the feet and spurs off and, and keep the feet and spurs together. I want to show you a set of spurs on a turkey uh, that my wife shot. Let me show them to you real quick. Okay. You know, and we were talking a little bit ago, we were, you were asking about the Eastern hunting, you know, and, and which bird is the hardest. And uh, one of the things here, I'll let him show you this real quick. And, and then uh, we'll now see. we don't lie. This is my wife's first. Jeez. How big are those? About four inches a piece. How in the hell did that bird even grow them? <laughs> Are you messing with us right now? They're deer antler tips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, can you make me a pair of them, though? Because I'd like to lie to people. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, going back to what I was saying is, you know, you were talking about what bird is the hardest bird to hunt and, you know, uh, different ways of hunting and that. The eastern, even though we all agree that that's the hardest bird, there's so many different places you can find an eastern that you have to hunt them totally different yeah. than you would, say, just in the next state over. Like when we were in Nebraska, we hunted this, these eastern. They were river bottom easterns. Never had it before. It was like the They're sand. right on the Missouri River. Yeah, and the, the, the sand. And there's a cross. There's a cross of the Marion and the eastern. Yeah, and the sand. Hybrid. The sand was like like white. I mean, it was it was just unbelievable, unbelievably beautiful. And uh, we he sat right in the middle of the, the the sandy road with a decoy out in front of him. And we call he called these these toms in, got him to leave the hens, called him come around the the bend of this white little sandy bank here. Beautiful. And it was and I'm I'm up on the hill side the bank hillside. He's right behind me. And yep. it shows me and the gobblers. The, the thing is, if I may ad lib, yeah. the, the turkeys was not gobbling. So we walked down this river bank and this old road, dim road. Uh, we walked up on all these tracks and strut marks that was fresh. I said, Wayne, we've hit a gold mine. I said, these turkeys are here a lot. It looked like thousands of tracks. I said, they got to be roosted here close. So I said, we need to sit down right here and set up where I can see both ways. And we're going to call. We started calling. Nothing, 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 nothing. And all of a sudden, <laughs> gobbled out there, not 150 yards. Here they come. After about 20 minutes of calling. And here they come straight into our decoys, over the shoulder, down the gun barrel. Absolute stud gobbler. Yeah, and it was really neat because I was up on the bank side. He was right sitting right in the sand with his gun just sitting on his lap. And I was able to zoom past his ear down the barrel of the gun right to the tom, and then went, pulled back. Then he pulled. Then I back. pulled back. Then I let the turkey strut, and as soon as he strutted and turned away from me, you see me raise my gun up like this with him with his back turned to me, and I yelped at him. And he threw his head up and I blew his head off. And I don't think he was. 10 yards, yards, yeah, 20 yeah. I mean, he was just right there. I mean, you all Alex did was stood up, took a few steps, and picked it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, a he good point. Right to the, basically the big, big. So, when you find the sign, just because they don't gobble doesn't mean they're not going to come. When you know there's evident sign, fresh sign, stay put, call uh, sparingly, and uh, just sit back and wait and be still, make sure you blend in. Uh, shaded areas, some kind of structure behind you to break you up mm -hmm. and don't call too loud because turkeys can pinpoint you the first time you call, walk within 25 feet of where you're at. So the idea is to get inside. Once that turkey comes in there, uh, he doesn't see any movement whatsoever. And we was blended in perfect. Sunned our back. Uh, the turkey couldn't ever seen us. Yeah. That's some of the best advice I've ever got is uh, from our friend again who he said, turkeys can hear so good that if, if you were to take a, if you had a hole in the ground, let's say it was a foot deep, and you could fit yourself in that hole and you could call in that hole, and there was a turkey 350 yards away, he could walk to that hole and look down that hole and look and find you. You know, that's how good they're hearing they is. can hear. So you don't need to blast it right. across the county. <laughs> they'll know you're there. Uh, yeah. 
because that's probably another thing I, I used to do wrong. And, you know, I used to also, because I'm still not a great caller. I don't think I ever will be. You know, like, you know, you're hitting the box call or whatever and you mess up. Your first inclination is to stop, you know, because ah, I messed up, you know. He said, turkeys sound like shit. Just like if you've ever seen a hen clucking or talking to each other or whatever in front of you, you, you wonder, man, is she sick or something? Because sometimes they sound horrible. So they do. just because you, you squeak too loud or you do something wrong, just finish your sequence. You know, you sound probably more real than if you were perfect at, at calling. You know, now obviously everybody wants to be great, but just let it let it go wrong, right? I mean, that's what. Yeah. And so if you hit a, if you hit the the box a little too hard, or you you go a little further past the breaking point than you wanted, just keep going, finish your sequence, and uh, they probably won't even notice that you you feel like you messed up because nature is not perfect, and that's another good uh, bit of advice. And I'm sure Alex, as you were kind of uh, learning, and then as a result, Wayne you know from alex you didn't become a great caller right off the bat took a lot of time and effort (laughs) yeah a lot of observations and and understanding and hunting with other great hunters and uh uh, learned a lot of of calling techniques from our brothers and my dad and 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 uncles and and friends and uh that's helped me a lot, and, but also raising turkeys. I raise turkeys, and I listen to them daily, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not a better feeling to come out here, and uh, I don't mean to sound corny or anything, uh, early morning with a cup of coffee and my long johns out here on a wood bench by the pen listen to the hens cluck and purr and squeal and whine and cut and yelp and uh, listen to the turkey drum and gobble and, and just understand why they do things. And uh, the more you spend in the field, the more you can learn. Uh, always be open-minded to everything you see and, and put a reason to why they do something. But uh, Yeah. That's my uh, that's uh, my goal for this year. I don't know about yours, Micah, but my goal for this year is hopefully I, I see a turkey because I'm not even sure where we're going. They're actually there. I'm going to attempt to go Sunday night and, and put locate. them to bed. Yep, and uh, I'm gonna take Caden out there and hopefully see him or find him or, or get him to to gobble so we know they're around. But my my plan is I hope he gets to see another bird this year because he he was within feet of killing one last year, uh, and that was more Dad's fault than his, honestly. And uh, and maybe learn, uh, you know, get them to talk and get them to actually because last year the one he almost killed, it was like that. And it was shoot him, and I mean it was so fast that there was we heard one gobble and he was at the tree, and it, that was that. And so, I'm hoping maybe he gets to you know experience one, you know working it, and and he can learn you know just one of those things that uh, you know somebody who's more seasoned has learned. And yeah. then if I get lucky enough to kill one, going back to mounts, uh, I'll agree with you. Our friend has some beautiful full body mounts. But he said, and and this is at least with his taxidermist, the only bad thing about a full body mount is you you don't get the breast, you know you can't cut the breast out of it. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, well, that's they the only cut it out for you. They they'll cut they it out for cut you. The- you just got to get it straight in the freezer, then, huh? Okay. All these taxidermists get to eat a lot of breast. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, it's been a while since I've eaten some wild turkey, and that 
it's good. good stuff. It's good stuff done right. But uh, yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, guys, uh, I'm gonna let Wayne go ahead and talk to you. I've got another meeting. I've got to go to. I got a guy coming here to meet with me. Uh, I want to thank you so much for having me on the show. We didn't get to talk about calling much or demonstrate any calls, but Wayne can. And uh, thank you so much for, for having us on the show. And uh, if you ever need us again, we'd love to get back on you again sometime. But I got to get to this other meeting. Wayne, thanks for having me, buddy. Alex, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex and, we appreciate your you time. Know, I, we're going to have to shoot up. Yeah, we'll have to shoot up to your studio there and check it out, too, next time. You know, you were talking about, and this, I think you've had enough guests on that hunt turkeys that, uh, Alex, I know you got to go to your meeting, but I'll I'll, yeah. I'll touch on this real okay. quick. Yeah. But the uh, people always say, man, my first bird was always so easy. And, uh, you know, See you See ya, Alex. See ya. Thank you. He go, they say, you know, man, my first bird was so easy, but after that, man, it's been nothing, but it's been harder and harder every year to hunt turkeys and that, and I don't understand why it was so easy that first one, and I've really come to the realization over the years, after talking to people, it comes down to a couple things. For me, calling, because when you're new, you don't sound good, and you, to, if you don't sound good, you probably sound more natural, and then after you get that first turkey, what do you spend the next eight months doing practice on turkey call down perfect yeah and they tell you that you know some of the the uh, worst turkey hunters are uh champion turkey callers because they're they, you know when you're when you're trying to get a gold medal you got to sound perfect yeah but when you're out in the woods you can sound horrible and still call it in i remember a, a, a hen coming behind me i'm like man I, i'm thinking or i'm not a hen i'm sorry a, a guy walking behind me and he's getting closer and closer. I'm like, man, this guy must be freaking brand new on a, on a mouth call or a, whatever he's using because he sounded horrible. And so I waited till he got close enough. And I said, hey, buddy, I'm right here by this tree. And I, I stood up and I turned around and it was a hen. <laughs> here I thought it was just a guy that, that just was horrible at calling. And I'm thinking, oh, he, maybe he's new or something, doesn't know what he's doing. And it was a freaking hen that was working her way into me. <laughs> and uh, But it just goes to show hens don't sound perfect like you said they sounded horrible that makes sense yeah you don't got to be perfect you just got to get out there and try it yeah and sometimes your best success comes when you don't have any pressure on yourself either right i mean right i don't know what i'm doing i'm gonna go out there and try it i mean i mean that's what i'm gonna do monday yeah monday i plan on getting out there well kind of same with you i'm gonna go out sunday night hopefully locate them i usually do have a few birds on my property that i can hunt and you know plan on setting up a blind and uh because I'm, I'm going with a bow actually i'm not even going to take the shotgun i'm going to use a bow and uh nice yeah so i mean and i'm no expert caller at all i don't i don't practice a lot i'm really not a huge turkey hunter to begin with but i do enjoy enjoy it so i mean i'm just going to go out there and have fun with it and if it happens it happens if it don't that's okay i'm i'll be all right you know yeah but and you you said you got you got some birds on your property. I, I've had them on trail camera, and I've seen them deer hunting and stuff. I haven't, but I have. The last time I was at the property, I was just doing a food plot, and I could see where they've been scratching and stuff the ground. But that's been a few weeks, so I'm assuming they're still there. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping okay. they are. And, and what's your address again? I, I <laughs> I'm that way. <laughs> somewhere, yeah, somewhere that. One way. of those four directions. <laughs> Yeah, the zoom cut out. I didn't catch the address. Uh, yeah. So I'm sorry he'll, about he'll, that. Uh, 
I'll, you, I'll, I'll DM you that. Yeah, don't DM, worry. He'll DM it to you on May, May 15th. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I sent that in the mail. It'll get to you. Yeah. And speaking of numbers, now you're, you're lucky enough to have some birds. I, I know the birds up there in, in northern Missouri took a, a hard hit a few years ago. Yeah. With the flooding and that, numbers were greatly diminished. And our numbers down here were flourishing. And now it seems to have reversed. You get north of the corridor, and now you guys have great numbers. And south of the corridor, especially here in the Ozark, our numbers have deplenished uh, greatly. Um, I mean, I went from having, and on my 65 acres on the field there, we went from having, you know, 40 birds on a couple different flocks coming through to all of a sudden a couple years ago, it was down to like, you know, maybe a dozen birds. Last year, it was down to just a couple birds. And this year was the first year with all those Wyzak cameras I got out there on my property. You think I'd have a turkey show up? I don't have one turkey yet on my property. Oh, dang. Yeah, and I think it's pocketed up here, too. Because, like, where I hunt now, the two main farms that I deer hunt, one of them is 250 acres, and there's 17 trees on the entire place. Right. I mean, it's it's all crop. It's all crop ground. And so the habitat isn't set up for turkeys obviously although like miraculously like three years ago we had one on camera walking by but that was that was the only one i've ever seen in my life and uh uh the other property i i've deer hunted there now for five years or something and i not once had seen a bird on that place until last last spring right before youth season all the sudden two dozen of them just appear and so I, that's where I took my son youth hunting last year and almost killed that gobbler right there. I actually took him hunting that day. I, I remember it vividly. He had baseball in the morning, so I didn't take him until like 1030 that, that morning. And the only reason I took him is because he wanted to go. I had zero Expectation. expectations that we yeah. were even going to see a bird, let alone like possibly kill one. And And then right after – you know, sometime like early May, they disappeared again. Never saw them again. And I think they've shown back up again. It's weird. You know, as they, I think they start breaking up and, you know, maybe, you know, the hens start kind of going doing their own things that they just start showing up here now. So it's odd. I, I think in general we're still suffering. I think the entire state is suffering um, as far as the turkey population goes. Hell, probably the entire country at this point. Um but yeah, there's pockets where I mean we talk to buddies that are like, oh hell yeah, man, we got we got them all over the place, and then other guys are like, man, every year I see less and less. Just like you mentioned to us, um, I see less and less, and I think that's probably why Mike and I aren't as big a turkey hunters as we could be, is because traditionally our our spots don't hold turkeys. Yeah, so it's so hit and miss. It's one of them deals like, why go hunt something that's not there? Yeah, you know, right. Yep, and Alex, that's one of the things he always preaches is that you're only as good as the ground you hunt. Right. Yeah. I you mean, know, they if, gotta if be... you're big, you're never going to shoot a 150 deer if the biggest deer in your farm is a 120. I don't care how many days you sit out then there. Then I'm going to shoot stand. a 120. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. ain't nothing wrong with that. If that's the biggest deer in your property and you're proud of it, knock yourself out. I mean, who would? Agreed. Be? You know, but uh, you know, don't expect the 150. You know, if you're only growing 120s. Right. So, you know, I I love that thing that he has. You know, you're only as good as the dirt you hunt. And that is so true. But, like, for us, 
like our predator numbers, you know, we've had some biologists in that on and our predator numbers here in the Ozarks are out, out of control right now. Uh, and nobody traps anymore because there's no money in it. Yeah. You know, it used to be, Hey, I remember when I was a kid, I trap, I get $50 for a coonskin. Yeah. You know, now you're getting like a dollar, two dollars if it's a good one. Yeah. And that it's, doesn't even pay for that. That's not even half a gallon of gas at, you know, today's prices. Not worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth right. people's time, which yeah. it's sad, but I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, those guys, I, I used to know a good buddy of mine. He, he would trap every year and he'd, he'd, him and his dad would do it and they'd make enough where they could, he could buy him like two guns a year or something like that. He mm-hmm. could make a few hundred bucks, maybe close to a thousand. He don't even mess with it anymore just because it's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth the gas. It's not worth the time. And, right. and then, but on the other hand, so now you got those people not doing the predator hunting and those, and then they're just going to eat more turkeys. They're going to eat, get Nests. the turkey nest. That's yeah. the big thing. I think, I think if, I think if they did a deal where, raccoons were open season all year round you know shoot them be done with them i think that would help out a lot i mean i I don't well and i and i know studies say that the number one factor to the the turkey population decline is habitat loss and i'm not disagreeing i I agree but something that opened our eyes this year is you know micah and i and the rest of the guys uh are, are we're huge coyote hunters and we got into uh to thermal hunting this year pretty well, starting last year and now this year, uh, several more of us have bought thermals. And so when we're out coyote hunting at night with these thermals, it does not fail. Every single where we, every place we go, when we're sitting there scanning, you can count. I mean, you can just, you could spend the entire night counting the number of raccoons you see in trees. Yeah. It's just like, oh, there's wow. one, there's two, three, four, five, six, seven. And... And that's everywhere we go. There's raccoons all over the place. And, uh, you know, when we had our the turkey biologist on with the state of Missouri, uh, MDC, I think she said that a raccoon is the, the largest nest predator uh, or the, the most – the predator that will, will seek out turkey nests compared to, like, a possum or different other predators who will eat n- n- eggs and, and, you know, raid the nest, but – it's more. It's more because they stumble upon it more than they actually will seek it out, like raccoons. Do. Right, like raccoons do. And then when you see everywhere you go, there's raccoons all over the place because nobody traps them or really hunts them anymore. It it would make sense that along with habitat loss, our turkeys suffer. That you know. So, uh, and it's just weird to me how you can hunt a coyote pretty much all year long, but you can only hunt a raccoon for a couple months. Yeah. Or right. trap them. Now, I know they're extending the season going into next year. So, we get a little earlier raccoon season, I believe. And it goes a little later. But uh still don't quite understand why you can't just hunt those buggers all year long. Yeah. It would make sense to me. Yeah. But. And I've been told that as long as a raccoon's on your garbage can, doesn't matter what time of year it is, you're allowed to shoot it. I mean, that would make <laughs> sense. <laughs> when they're raiding your I mean, chickens. It's got right. You just need to put more garbage cans out in your woods and say hey it was in my garbage and that's why <laughs> i'll tell you one of the biggest fu's to me really was uh i put some at the end of deer se- after deer season was over i put some some corn out and some uh <clears throat> some mineral hoping to to get some inventory right and mm-hmm. all i saw on camera was raccoons eating that corn and then they started having sex in front of my camera <laughs> 
on top of that corn. <laughs> Almost like they were just flipping me off right there <laughs> on my camera. And I'm just like, uh, all that did was just show me I got too many raccoons here. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah. Time uh, to break out the- say, what'd you say? It's time to break out the traps then. Yep. Yeah, I'm telling you. We got a buddy that we need to beg him to do some more. Traps. I know. I tried to get him out there, but I think he was just too busy. Yeah, he, he's got a new job. Play. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, well, Wayne, I mean, I know we didn't get into calling very much tonight. Um, you know, I was I, – I, you know, our last show we did a lot of calling stuff, so it's kind of it was kind of fun that we just kind of just talk turkey and talk about the different stories you guys have had and what you like doing with mounting and, uh, you know, the, the art of patience. Um, you know, right. that's the biggest thing I, I took away from you and Alex tonight was, uh, you know, it's okay to – just chill out, you know, and, and be patient. And uh, you, then you get to have those stories like you guys have talked about and been all over the country. Uh, I know you've been to less places, it sounds like, than Alex has for turkey hunting. But, man, I mean, I wonder how many states that guy's hunted turkey in. And that's that's got to be a fun life to be able to go hunt Easterns in different states and Merriams and hybrids and Osceolas. And, uh, I'm not real keen on hunting Osceolas, I'll be honest with you. Why not? Oh, uh, because they're in Florida, and Florida has, like, big-ass snakes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> See, that stuff don't bother me. I'd go after them, for sure. Yeah, that, that is food. My, uh, my brother's a, uh, a park ranger uh, down there in, in the Everglades, and uh, we were down there when I was hunting Osceola's, and uh, I, I said, well, I'm going to stop by and drive down a little further and go see him. Drove down, visited with him, stayed overnight, and he woke me up in the morning. He's like, hey, you want to go to work with me for a couple hours and that? And I, it's still dark out. And I'm like, man, what are you doing up so early? I said, don't you, you know, have to wait to go to work, you know, until at least the sun's up? He's like, no. He goes, I got a big responsibility. He goes, I got to go clear the bike trails. I said, what do you mean you got to clear the bike trails or the jogging trails, walking trails, whatever you even call them? He goes, well, I get, he goes, I got this big stick. I go around and I got to poke all the alligators off the the, the jogging path and that the walking path before they come and, you know, start, uh, you know, the, the walkers start walking, the joggers start jogging. I got to get the alligators off the, the, uh, the bike path. And I'm like, are you freaking crazy? He's like, well, you don't want to go with me. I said, why would I poke something that's got more teeth and faster than me? (laughs) (laughs) That's younger and dumber. That's what I say. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I got a story that I don't even know. I can't believe I actually did this, but, when I graduated college, I went down to visit my cousin who lived in Miami at the time. And he had a friend that took us out wakeboarding in the Everglades uh, on his, I don't know, pontoon or whatever it was. And the water, I'll, I'll never forget it to this day, the water was 90 freaking 5 degrees. I mean, it was so hot. And then it was as brown as a tree. I mean, just, you know, dark water, right? Yeah. And... uh he he had mentioned alligators to me. He's like, hey, you know, there's alligators here, but they're not going to mess with you. You know, just it's fine. Be aware. We see a, we see few, you know, a few as we're going in. And the first time I get up on this wakeboard and I get going and I'm having fun and I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then I fall off. And as I'm waiting in the water for them to, you know, turn around and come and get me, it just hit me that I'm like, there could be a 20-foot freaking gator six feet underneath <laughs> me right now. And I'll be dead before he even, like, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't enjoy that after, you know, just like that predator is, uh, is, is superior to everything that you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. 
But it takes a special it's breed, not- I guess, to, to go down there and, and mess with those freaking snakes and uh, gators and all the other crap that's down there. Oh, yeah, and the snakes now are outrageous. Those boas and that that they have down there. They yeah. got a bounty on them, don't they? Yeah, yeah, there's a bounty on those, yep. That's crazy that they're that bad. But anyway, Wayne, I mean, we appreciate you guys' time. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun. You know, this is going to come out day after turkey season starts. So if nothing else, this this show is going to keep people fired up uh, for the, the remainder of turkey season. Because... Um, it's it's go time. I mean, yeah. it's time here in Missouri yeah. at least. Yep. Yeah. And again, my last bit of advice from Alex and me to everybody out there that's going to be listening to this on on their way to or on the way out of the woods, call and shut up. <laughs> you know, just literally just let let the bird do the work, not you. Maybe that's what we'll name this show title: Call and Shut Up. I like it. Um, before we hop off. Before we hop off, though, why don't you uh, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you guys and, and uh, check out your show and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, just look us up at uh, AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. Uh, you can find our podcast on any of the podcast carriers, American Roots Outdoors uh, with Alex Rutledge. Uh, click like, subscribe. We're always giving away stuff uh, and that. And matter of fact, for your podcast, if you want to do a giveaway, we'll autograph some material and that for you and send it over to you. And you guys can give it away to some of your listeners and that. Uh, uh, people can go to our website, check out our calls. Uh, Alex autographs all of his calls and everything, his strikers, his mouth calls and everything. So when you buy it, you're getting something that's actually, you know, uh, handmade and then, uh, you know, autographed personally for you. So, oh, we appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, uh, Wayne Locke, Alex Rutledge, American Roots Outdoors. I know Alex is gone. But uh, um, thanks for coming on, guys, and uh, good luck with turkey season. Thanks a lot. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. All right. That's a nice send-off right there. (laughs) All right. See you, man. All right. Take care. That's it, and that's all, folks. I got a dad joke. Dude, you Can told I do it? no because why? A, you told everybody that you just had a dad joke. They're supposed to be spontaneous. I didn't say that when we were recording. Say what? I, I mean, I am now saying it as we're recording that you have a dad joke. I have a dad joke. Why can't I say it? Okay, what's your dad joke? I'm sure it's going to hit great. Why do cows have hooves and not feet? Why? Because they lack toes. Because they lack toes. See, that would have been great if you would have integrated it into something else, like Andy does before you ruin it for him almost every time. But you kind of chuckled. I kind of chuckled, but Andy, we need you, buddy. Hey, thanks, Caden. That was my, that's my son, by the way. I got that joke from him. <laughs> Stealing it. Stole his joke. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Wayne, for coming on today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, great show. Um, but uh, let's get, get into the giveaway. Giveaway. So if, you did, if you're listening to the intro... Uh, you have a chance to win an autographed hat, shirt, and mouth call from American from American Roots Outdoors. Yep. But you have to answer a question. And that question is... How much did Wayne's biggest bird he's ever killed weigh? Yep. He says it in the show. He says it in the show. DM us the answer. I don't care where. Facebook, Instagram. DM us the answer. Um, if you don't know... Or you really can't remember, DM us the answer. We'll give you a second shot if you get it wrong. <laughs> we'll be like, nope. But try anyway. again. But yep. uh, so, DM us that answer, and we will enter you to win. 
This is coming out on Tuesday. Uh, how long do we? How long do we want to do it? Want to do it till Friday? We just we just got done with a big ass giveaway, so uh, uh, let's give them. Yeah, let's give them till Friday. Okay. Uh, let's give them till Friday. We're gonna tell. We're gonna. We'll drop the winner on Friday. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell the, the winner. winner on so it'd probably be best to have it in by Thursday. No, it literally would be best because yeah, it's Friday, 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 Friday at twelve oh one. You are no longer eligible. Okay. A.M. It's over Thursday night. Yeah. So pay attention. Yeah. So got a couple days. Listen to the show. Answer the question, and uh, you'll be entered to win that cool little giveaway. And then American Roots will send you some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate them, uh, you know, offering that stuff up. So Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yep. So, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Again, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Wayne, from American Roots Outdoors. This has been the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Is that how we're going out now? Uh, This has been? All right. See you, man. See you.